Hi everyone and welcome to Talking Jack with me Claire and my twin sister Megan. On today's episode we are going to be discussing Friends. This is the second part of our Friends deep dive into the popularity of the TV sitcom. So if you've not already I would highly recommend checking out part one. On today's episode we are continuing to discuss Friends popularity and to really get to grips with the problematic nature of Friends and if Friends really relates to people these days and is it really still popular or has it fallen out of favour? So let's get into it. Talking Jack, dissecting the everyday. last episode we ended with me discussing uh, Friends popularity and dissecting why it was so popular in its time and how it spoke to a lot of people. So I just want to start this episode off by handing the baton straight to Megan and I just want to really ask you what you think about um, what we've said in the last episode and if you agree, you know, do you think Friends is popular? Do people you talk to um, Friends friends relatable do they like it if they don't like it why do they not like it and why do you um as a friends fan um enjoy friends uh so i pretty much agree with like what you've said um in terms of the sort of time period and the kind of audience that it was relating to and the idea of family I think that's a big thing to do with friends obviously you know the title of it but it is quite noticeable that characters like Chandler and Phoebe have they're not coming from this kind of traditional sort of family whereas Monica and Ross probably come from the most stable family and but even within that there's still that idea that the parents prefer um, Ross um, and the only way kind of for Monica to get like approval from her parents is when Ross sort of fails if you like by you know being divorced or he loses his job later on or he has a son out of marriage and whatever um, but anyway uh, I was sort of looking up like some I was writing some things when you were talking there and I was just thinking like I think part of the thing about Friends and why it's so easy to watch and so easy to go back to is one just the nostalgia you know for the audience so like you know people like us or older might just they might just watch it because it's that comfort to them that they watched it when they were younger and there's that element of it but in terms of the actual show like when it was out at the time I think there is this idea that like uh, that so Friends is obviously it's a sitcom and sitcoms are situation comedies um but also I was reading this article before about this guy Wesley Morris uh, from the New York Times and he was saying that the word sitcom like I just said obviously means situation comedy but he was taking it also to mean like the sit in sitcom is what people really like about Friends is that you can sit and watch it you don't get stressed watching it like me I get stressed watching things quite easily so that's probably why I watch it um so you know there's not it's kind of like just that easy to watch thing you just put it on it's like you know easy listening kind of type thing 
Um, and also, I was reading this article where it was talking more about sitcoms and it was talking about what makes a successful sitcom. And sitcoms tend to be around like your 22 minute mark. And that's what Friends normally is, I would say. So they were saying in the beginning, you'll normally get in the first three, in the first sorry in minute one to three you'll get like this teaser and it might be like a cold open friends does that a lot uh and this cold open might be something that's setting you up for the main story or it might be something completely random that's got nothing to do with it like they've done a couple of that with friends where they're singing or something in the coffee shop or whatever uh yeah and then you'll have maybe like titles and then uh, around the three to eight mark, you, the, the the trouble or the, the kind of situation, if you don't mean for the main story, which is like story A, will be set up. And then around the six minute mark, they'll bring in the subplot, which is like subplot B. And that's like briefer story. It tends to be a bit more like minor, uh, something that doesn't really have any say on how the rest of like the um, show. And that'll be with your secondary characters. And then it says... Uh, at minute eight to 13, you'll get a kind of muddle, another spanner in the works for story A. Um, and a lot of the times, um, if that is solved, it will be solved according to that character's particular style. Um, so in Friends, you've got a lot of that. So like, you know, if, if there was a story involving Chandler, it will be solved in a completely different way to the way that like Monica or Phoebe would solve it because Monica's really organised. She's really like, um, for want of a better word, like OCD about things. And uh, Phoebe's like really cookie, really kind of like, she'll have a really abnormal maybe approach to like how the other friends would approach something. Like, you know, when she's been stalked, she's like, oh, I'll make friends with them. And they're all like, why would you do that? You know, mm. it's like, and that's kind of what makes the comedy. And then in minute nine to 12 you'll, you'll come back to the subplot b um and that's only for a brief like couple of minutes and then at the very end of that sort of section of like the 13 minute mark you'll get back to subplot a in minute 13 to 18 it'll be the triumph and that's where the stakes are higher and also if they are in a situation most often than not in a comedy in a sitcom the situation that you're trying to solve or the problem that was uh, brought about in the in the beginning of the episode um, probably won't actually be solved it, it'll fail and they were making the point that sorry I need to get the author of this article uh, they were making the point that in a lot of these sitcoms it's very different to film where in film when you've got main character you kind of want the conflict solved whereas in comedy it's funnier if it's not solved because you don't want change Something is solved it tends to mean that this person's grown or they've changed or they've, you know, whatever. And a lot of the time in these comedies, you don't want that to happen. You want everything to stay the same. Um, and then in minute 15 to 17, that will conclude subplot B, uh, which, like I was saying, either means that the character accomplishes or doesn't accomplish what they were setting out to do. And it may or may not affect the outcome of story A. And then the last few minutes is what they call the kicker. And that tends to be like a teaser outro, which Friends also does. You'll see the sort of beginning of the title page and then you'll get an outro sort of uh, scene. And again, that can be something completely random or it can be just showing the aftermath of the episode for that protagonist, for the main character. And I, and I was just thinking when I was reading that, I think that's why Friends works really, really, really well compared to maybe other shows, like you were talking about Cheers or Seinfeld, where they've got more of a central character, because there's not so many 
I don't know how to word it, but there's maybe not so many like filler episodes because you are invested in all characters. So this premise of a really successful sitcom is about sub about the plot A, the main plot of the episode being about the central character. Subplot B is about the minor characters, but Friends doesn't have a minor character. So even subplot B is interesting to the same level that subplot A to, to the plot A is because all of the characters are main. So you're interested in all of them. And that gives you a lot more scope in terms of what you can write, what you can do, how long it can last. The And they've all got, like I said, quite unique personal styles to like how they react to situations, which again gives the writers a lot more scope of what they can write. Uh, so I think that's part of the enduring um, sort of legacy and popularity of Friends. Uh, and I think that a lot of writers since friends have really tried to emulate that a lot if you take for example a big bang theory would be a big one for me because that's about a group dynamic i think there's six of them is there six of them once the main once the main girls come in women come in i think there's six of them seven yeah because there's four four and then the three girls Yeah, yeah so they're kind of trying to copy that same idea of although i would argue I would argue, I, I'm not a big fan of Big Bang Theory, but I would argue in Big Bang Theory, Sheldon is the main character, but he might not be. But he's a bit like Ross, all kind of centers around him, but you See, will I, get subplots. Whereas I think some people would argue Leonard is because I would say, I would say, things. like, I, the relevant point, I know this isn't exactly your point, but I would just say, like, Leonard is, just because I agree, I agree that I think Ross is the main character in Friends if you have to pick one. And the reason I say that Leonard is because Leonard has more, he's the one that draws in everyone. Yeah. All of the stories revolve around Leonard. It's, yeah. it's Leonard because Sheldon's Leonard's friend. Penny because Penny goes out with Leonard. Leonard's mm. is the one that is the kind of, he borders lines nerdy but approachable, nerdy but normal. So he's the one that everyone gravitates towards. Like, yeah. like Ross. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that's what, because I mean, as much as, like I say, I don't like Big Bang Theory, but I can't deny Big Bang Theory is very successful. Some people will argue it's even better than Friends. It's really funny and whatever, right? And if that is the case, I think it's because it's copying that kind of style, whether it knows it or not, of Friends, where even the subplots in each episode is about a character you invested because there is, because each character kind of gets their um, equal bill, and like we were saying with Friends. So Friends really managed to really balance that of having these like six characters and making sure they all got like their own airtime. But some people have also argued that that's also like the downside of the legacy of Friends is that it led to writers constantly wanting to like to emulate this uh, like you were saying that what did you call it like the hangout sort of um, comedy which is what they tried to do with things like uh this is where i show that i don't watch current tv but like uh new girl how i met your mother um and so on and so on um and they were like some of them have done really really well and some of them have done really badly because um friends was obviously created in the 90s and you can't really go back and recreate the sort of oh, I want to hook up and I want to be with someone when that's not really what society is doing now. It was in the 90s, but not now. I was going to say that just the way you... Yeah, exactly. And I think a really good example that I have not watched it, please let me know if you watch it. How I Met Your Father. Have you heard of that? Just... On Amazon. Yeah. No, Disney. Disney. Literally just came out, right? And 
and I know I'm someone that loves friends, but to me, I'm like, that is so outdated. Now the formula's outdated, the last track's outdated, the character premise is outdated, so much of it is outdated. And I think we're, I know we're gonna look at the problems of friends. And I am not saying that you can forgive the problems in friends because it was off its time. I, it's a bad argument, I'm not saying that. However, friends was made in that time this program has the benefit of hindsight it's made now it knows what people like it knows what people don't like it could learn from friends it could learn from how about your mother and i know i'm speaking i have not seen it but i've seen the trailers i've seen the promos and to me it hasn't changed one thing about how i met your mother and it surprises me that a program like that is being made like a comedy is being made today because it's yeah. got so many of the things that you were saying could be good but could be very bad and unrelatable for people now so I'm very surprised that like that's been made mm -hmm. and also like I don't keep going back to the big band theory but to give it its due as well at least that kind of is making it a bit more modern although I don't necessarily agree with the way it tries to portray like you know geeks and nerds and all that but it has more of a unique selling point, if you like, compared to Friends. It's trying to talk about their culture and what they do and their jobs as scientists and whatever, which isn't just about like, yes, it is. A lot of it is still following that, like, oh, they're so socially inept that they can't have relationships or whatever. But it's coming out from a very different angle, I would say, to like Friends, you know. So it is, it's adding something. It's adding its own uniqueness to, to, to what it's selling. Um but yeah, um, I just wanted to ask, and you might want to do this at the end, but that's fine. Um, so in terms of yourself, what do you love about Friends? And what do you find most funny about Friends? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I just think that Friends is like a funny <laughs> I just think that it's like a funny sitcom, but like, I know there's like so much more depth to it and I know the humor like comes from somewhere and I just think it's like the characters and, and I think it just comes from the characters it's character driven like I know that each of them are stereotypes in of themselves um, but I have to put it out there I like Friends I like all the Friends but I especially like Friends from season one to five maybe six the last three, four seasons I'm not a massive, massive fan of. I feel like it doesn't sustain itself. It becomes a little bit more um, of a self-parody, especially within some of the characters. Um, but yeah, I just think it's so, like, quotable. I just think when the characters are, like, well-written and they know how to interact with one another, I think that makes something special and I think that's what's good about Friends. And I don't particularly find Friends that relatable. And I know you have, I've just said that it's funny because it's relatable, but I don't because never grown up in New York or America so I don't any of that to relate to you I've never ever felt like oh um I'm gonna like live with like basically in the pockets of my six friends like day in and day out nope never done that never never really like flat shared um but and and I wouldn't say I look at either to be oh that's something I would like to attain towards so I don't know what it is I see in myself in friends but I just I find friends quite, and, and I know I'm going to come and probably contradict myself, but generally speaking, I find friends quite like wholesome, um, which I like. And on surface, surface value, I just think like 
it's well written for a comedy um, and it has a lot of jokes in it but um, I don't know if that's because I, and I would find it interesting to re-watch Friends without a laugh track because you do wonder whether you're coaxed into finding things funny because you hear other people or canned laughter um, but yeah it's really hard to pinpoint for me actually I don't know about you um, yeah, I'm kind of the same as you. It's hard to definitively say what it is about it that I like. I think what I was talking about earlier... Nostalgia would play a part, though. Sorry. No, it's fine. Now. Yeah, same. Um, but I think it is to do, like you were saying, it's all about the characters. It's the fact that, okay, kind of wanes maybe a bit in the later seasons, like you're saying, but for the best part, you can watch it and all of an episode is good. You know, because the characters are so good. And I have recently started watching, finally, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I'll, it's so good. It does the same. It, it, it You don't necessarily see the characters outside of what they do and work. But there's enough scope in what they do at work. So they don't like working in an office. You know, they work in police. So they go out of the building and the precinct and whatever. And again, it's all the characters. They all have a uniqueness about them, which makes you want to watch each individual one, no matter what they're doing, which is the same as Friends to me um and yeah i just like just has good jokes the writing's solid the timing's just really good in it like in friends i'm talking about sorry um like timing is great for each thing that they do um, and they manage to like make the cat you know what i was saying about change they make the characters grow but like not in a like oh my god i don't know who they are anymore Um, that does become a bit like how in season 10 with characters maybe like joey you're like okay what have you done you've just made them like into like a child or whatever yes. anyway um but yeah it's just i don't know and yeah it's just like a comfort and i agree with you about the wholesome thing it's like there isn't that there's when i was reading the article by wesley morris he was saying like there's this conflict conflictlessness to friends and i'm like yeah there is and i think that's what it is about why people go back to it because it's a really unstressful watch um, in terms of getting irritated by characters, um, getting really stressed about situations in the show. In the show that, like I said, there isn't like loads and loads of change. There's enough to there's enough sort of variability in episodes to keep you watching, but it also strikes that balance of like keeping everything familiar. Um, yeah, it's just, and also I think as well like when. I agree with you that I don't relate to it in terms of I don't have the kind of money that they have. I've never, I don't live in an apartment like they do. I'm not American. I've never, and when I started watching it, certainly wasn't, uh, hook up or have like um, affairs with people or whatever. Um, and yeah, so I'm like, in that sense, I'm like it doesn't relate to me, but I think what does relate to me about it is that for the people that in my life, and I would regard you as this that I'm really really close to and I have that like I can be 100% myself with I would like to think that I I can see that in some of the relationships with the characters so for me it would probably be at times Rachel and Monica and then at times Chandler and Joey so there is that relatableness in it in terms of like the friendships between maybe two of the friends and how they are there for each other and I'm like I do get that with how I am with people and I'm that stupid with people like you I can be really really silly and stupid and whatever with you and that's my closest friend so same no that's a good point and I think 
I wouldn't say that I've come from a broken family. I haven't, but equally, like I know I don't. We don't come from the most. You know, we can't, we come from a divorced family, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't look like. That's why I like friends. But I suppose if you're going to look at it in that way, then it might be a comfort to know that like parents aren't featured heavily in friends. That that family sort of thing isn't featured heavily, because anytime I watch other programs that do, it's I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. Um, so perhaps without knowing it, that is a thing why I like friends. But since we've just talked about why we like friends, let's talk about why we don't like friends. <laughs> because you can't speak to friends, especially not today, without talking about the problems of friends, because friends has um, and always has been problematic. Um, so I'll just go through again, like a few sort of uh, articles and stuff that I've read um, and people have made points and they're all kind of similar points. And then I'm going to go through a list of, uh, it's from Screen Rant, they've done the top 20 things wrong with friends. I've only picked out, I've not picked out every single one, but basically like lumped them together. Um, and then I've picked out a few that I think they've not mentioned. And then we'll see what you think, Megan, as well, what you've got in your head about what you think is very problematic about friends. And also any of the numbers that I pick out, feel free to jump in and give me examples of when that happens in friends, because I don't have them all. So that'd be great. Um, yeah, so obviously like, friends like we said is as much as we've talked it's realistic it's relatable and all that it's very unrealistic um so in the slant article that i'd mentioned earlier from 2021 like they say they talk about the enduring appeal of friends and like should should it still appeal to people you know um they say that it's like it's, it's like you're saying it's easy watching and whilst that's a good thing it can also be a bad thing so it's like a show of like blissful ignorance unconcerned with politics or societal strife it's got none of that in it you won't find any really political messaging in friends at all. Um, life's difficulties can always be mitigated by some sarcastic joke. Um, and it's funny, they actually, they, they say in it that it brings to mind the T.S. Eliot quote, which is humankind can only bear, cannot bear very much reality. Um, so yeah, and but then that's the reason why people watch friends. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but um, it does bring up some problems if you're going to read friends in a realist uh, lens so I think it's really interesting as well when they say this like no one in friends they, they mentioned that no one in friends gets their comeuppance because we want them to keep doing well and we want them to keep doing what they always do and we want nothing like you were saying nothing really no jeopardy no nothing we want nothing to change but it does mean that when the characters in friends do some weird and bad things in friends they get no repercussions for doing so um and it's funny because they also say in it like some fans of friends they call friends camp and then they say that the essence of camp as susan sontag wrote is it's love of the unnatural of artifice and exaggeration and they say that friends is nothing if not artificial and rife with exaggeration yet its sense of humor belies the queerness we've come to associate with camp it's outlandishly straight it's a, it's an outlandishly straight show and its jokes often revolve around the shaming of otherness whether that be fat people sad people poor people gay people people bald people and so on um and they say, you know, it never passes up a chance to turn gayness or any instance of male femininity into a gag. And I'll mention, I'll keep mentioning these um, examples, but if you can think of other ones, let me know. So you've got like the, I'll go into it as well when I go down the list, uh, like the male nanny, 
the repeated mentions of Rossi's ex-wife Carol being a lesbian, and for some reason that warrants a little laugh track. Um, Ross getting angry with his son for playing with dolls, the Barbie doll. Ross being revolted when Josh what Josh <laughs> Joey <laughs> wants to kiss him just to practice a role for acting, and they basically they basically hate Ross because they're like it's, it's Ross, it's basically Ross, and I would agree it is Ross. All a lot of these issues come from Ross. Um, and then they mention uh, basically, which I would sum up as well, is is the whole bravado and um, uh, obsession with toxic masculinity in Friends. You know, there's the season eight Thanksgiving episode when Brad Pitt comes in it, and he um, and um, it's the one where like Joey's getting like the meat sweats, which is such like a man's thing, and it's revealed that in high school. Um, Brad Pitt's character and Ross started a rumour that Rachel was a hermaphrodite. Um, all of which is just played off as, oh, boys will be boys, that's fine. You know what I mean? That's funny. That's funny that they did that. Like, why is Rachel stressing out about that? That's not a bad thing. That couldn't that could couldn't possibly be traumatic for her in, in her school years. Um, and then in that episode as well, like Chandler gets berated because he kissed a guy once and they didn't know he kissed a guy and then everyone's like, oh my God, you're gay. Like probably like the millionth joke that Chandler's gay in Friends. Um, and like all of the characters, and they mention again that like all of the characters in Friends at some point or another, and they have to be, they can't all be nice, nice, nice. Of course they can't. So it is, it is you could argue it is also a realistic thing for them not to be nice all the time. However, they, they do sometimes do really bad things and you're supposed to still be like, oh my God, these people are like so nice and they're the best of friends and never fall out. They don't fall out really for like the whole the 10 seasons. Um, but they do some really bad like things to each other. Like, you know, Rachel tricking Rossi's new girlfriend into like shaving her head so that she'll be less attractive. She basically forces like Phoebe to give Julie, one of Rossi's girlfriends, a bad haircut just so he'd be unattracted to her and then give some really bad advice about like having sex or not having sex with her because she wants to like sabotage the relationship. Um, and, you know, they say that like Ross is like a nice guy, but like he's quite like narcissistic and quite self-pitying um and yeah I was gonna like ask if you can think of any problematic jokes or comments in Friends and in any instances when the Friends characters are just bad people but I've also got like the list so I don't know whether you want to come up say your things now or do you want to like say them whilst I go through the list or at the end you just go through I'll make notes if there's just um I have any other suggestions okay so there's a lot a lot of lists a lot of publications articles blog posts about this a lot of YouTube video <laughs> about friends and all the things wrong with friends um and it, whilst I, I, I don't disagree with them but I've just taken the one from Screen Rant because they kind of like sum up all the top 20 things wrong with friends and again like I've said I've not taken all of them and some of them I've just lumped together Number 20, they say, is like Monica's attitude in general because she's very obsessive. She's like a control freak. They point to the very specific point of cultural appropriation when she wears like the cornrows in the Barbados episode. I, I don't know like how much I like. I'm, by the way, I'm not saying that cultural appropriation isn't bad. I'm just wondering like how deep that really is in Friends. But it's a point nonetheless. And the fact that like she basically forces Chandler to spend all of his money on the wedding. Um, and then 
you know, when they do have the wedding, she's like, oh, I won't open any of the presents. And she opens all the presents, right? Um, you know, just stuff like that, where she's quite sort of like selfish, but it's just played off as quite lovable and neurotic. Um, number 19, a lot of these are Ross, by the way. And I'm here for it because I, I don't love Ross. Um, Ross is through and through a cheater. Like he cheats on Rachel. He cheats on Bonnie, the one with the shaved head with Rachel. He cheats on Julie with Rachel. He also dates a student, which is a bit weird. And nobody thinks that that's weird. I mean, they make jokes about it, but they're not like, well, you like really shouldn't be doing this. Um, and it's funny. There's this, there's videos on YouTube and I've not seen them yet. A lot of people have done them. When you look at Ross specifically, a lot of the things that he does and a lot of the things he says without a laugh track. And they're just like, Ross sounds like a psychopath. You know, like there's that episode, the Unagi one. And he basically just says that he wants to uh, attack his ex-wife. And it's like, at heart, that's so weird. Like, I know it's a joke. I, I get that. I know these things are rooted in comedy, but that's weird. Um. And the one you'd mentioned, Megan, number 18, Joey gets dumber as the series go on, which is the most ridiculous thing. He becomes basically by season 10, a child, like you said, and a, and a parody of himself. Uh, you know, I, I think that when he started, he had a lot more like street smarts and a lot more common sense at the start. Yes, he was a womanizer. Yes, he was a bit of like a playboy sort of character, but I don't think he was ever, he wasn't like Ross. He wasn't like intellectual, but I don't think he was stupid. But he becomes stupider for some reason. Um, and uh, number 17, Phoebe and Joey. I mean, I would argue that all of them, all of them fit into this, but they say Phoebe and Joey are broke, but they don't live like they're broke. Out of all the characters, I mean, I know this is brought up and it's a great, great episode. The one with the eggplants and the steaks. Great episode of Friends, where they talk, where they actually mention and, and breach the subject that Rachel at the time, who works in the coffee house, Joey, who's a, basically a struggling actor, and Phoebe, who's a masseuse, I mean, barely has any work, they don't make as much money as the other three characters. And it's a good episode, but that pertains, apart from Rachel, who gets the most unrealistic job as well in fashion with no qualifications, it's ridiculous. Um, Anyway, they, Phoebe and Joey, throughout the whole of the series, they still don't, they on and off have money, on and off have good jobs. And they, yet they live in New York, live in the center of New York, they live in a big fancy, well, I would say a, a great apartment in New York. And, you know, it, they basically live off their friends. I mean, especially Joey, it's ridiculous. Um, number 16, the kids are really shown or featured when they do have them, you know, Ben and when they have Emma and stuff, but, don't know how problematic that really is because you know you, you're not gonna have see episodes consistently featuring Ben and Emma. Um but number 15 all of the friends like all six of them they say are like insensitive enablers and I would agree like they make the point about you know when fun Bobby's in it and fun Bobby's an alcoholic and you know that's funny because he's an alcoholic it's hilarious um but then when he's when he stops drinking because they notice that he drinks too much and then Monica brings it up, she's basically telling them, you know, you need to sort your issues. And he does. He tries to deal with it, tries to sort it. And then they call him, like, ridiculously dull Bobby because he stops drinking. So they're like, oh, he's only fun because he drank. And then they, she breaks up with him because he drinks. Or they basically, it's either she breaks up with him or they encourage him to start drinking. When he's an alcoholic, it's ridiculous. Um, and then they make the point that, you know, Eddie as great as the episodes with Eddie is um, 
as uh, Chandler's roommate. It's funny, they, they make the point that he maybe has like a mental illness and they don't really help him. Um, and of course, number 14, the rampant transphobia and homophobia in Friends. There's loads of examples. You know, the biggest one is Chandler's dad, who um, is basically is trans, I would say. Um, they make constant jokes about it. The jokes about the male nanny. Um, they're always constantly being disgusted at the thought of being gay or being seen as gay or acting gay or being seen as feminine, like the men in it. Um, you know, think of like the one with the ballroom dancing, Joey's bag, uh, you know, the way they try to support each other. They don't really hug each other, the men, because that scene has been gay. Um, they can't talk about their feelings because that scene has been gay. Uh, and then number 13, Ray, they talk about like Rachel. I've mentioned this before, like she's quite selfish and she sabotages quite a lot of her friends to get what she wants. You know, the whole thing of like forcing Bonnie to shave her head, giving the bad advice to Julie and the the care cut with Phoebe and there's probably a lot more instances but I can't think of them but she's not the best character um, and then number 10 is like the biggest thing personally for me is Rossi's attitude and his toxic masculinity and just Rossi's attitude in general and his attitude to women like it's horrendous like you know the episode where Rachel, before Rachel and Ross go on a break and then he's obsessed with Mark he thinks that she's cheating because she's talking to someone at work called Mark he doesn't really want her to work he doesn't really and I get the sense that he doesn't really want an intelligent woman um because Oh, I think I put this down in the one about Rachel and Rossi's toxic relationship, but it's the same sort of point. So I'll go into it when I talk about their relationship specifically. But there's a lot with Rachel and Ross that's wrong. And then obviously just with Rossi's attitude, you've got the whole thing with the Barbie and then again, the nanny. Um, and then even just not with Ross, but um, with the guys in general of toxic masculinity, you know, you've got Joey being mocked for liking girly things like having a bag when he's um with his flatmate Janine and she's trying to like spruce up the apartment with flowers and stuff he's doing that and they're like oh my god you know like that's a gay thing you need to do something manly um the fact that they two rate uh Joey and Chandler like curl each other's eyelashes and stuff they're like that's too girly and even with Chandler there's loads of instances with Chandler you know and I only could think of like the one you know for example when he's listened to like the Annie soundtrack and when he hugs Ross or he's trying to comfort Ross for being broken up and he says to Ross that he would miss you that he would miss if, if he broke up with him he would miss him and they're like oh my god why are you saying that like that sounds like you're in a relationship and then Ross is like oh you have to be supportive like a guy so he can't he can't show any emotion then um and yeah, just basically like Ross always wanted to prove himself as a man. His, his whole thing is about proving himself to a man, to his parents, to his girlfriend, to everything. He has a lot, he's, they sort of argue that he's maybe like a bit of a narcissist and that's why he becomes really angry. Like in season five, he's got like anger issues and he uses his like victimization to excuse the way he treats others. Um, so yeah, because because his girlfriend or his wife turned out to be a lesbian, it's like, oh my God, he uses that excuse. There's quotes and I can't get them, but he uses that excuse. There's so many episodes of Friends to be like, oh, I'm just really obsessive and needy with Rachel because my ex-girlfriend turned out to be a lesbian. So I've clearly got like trauma and like I'm really insecure. So you've got to forgive me for being obsessive. Like it's so stupid. Um just a couple more. Um 
and then you've got like Chandler who constantly uses and mistreats Janice. She's used all the time in it. He just comes in and like, oh, I've got not got a girlfriend or I can't get a date. Use Janice. Okay, then I'm going to dump her really bad. Joey just basically being a womanizer and being really like sleazy. And he basically is a cartoon character because he really mistreats women. He just basically uses women as for sex or sees them as sex objects apart from his three female friends. Um, Chandler just genuinely being obsessed with his own orientation. And he is quite shallow as well. Chandler is at the start. He's very shallow. He only likes women superficially. He, you know, like drops people because she's got like, like the woman's got like a big head or, or stuff like that. And, you know, he can't like hugs. And I'm sure there's something where he doesn't, he can't have something pink because that made him look like he's gay. Um, and, you know, he could have been gay, but he's clearly not okay to explore that because so many people in it like, jive that he's gay. He can't explore that. Um, and then number five, the lack of diversity in the show. I think it takes about season nine, ten, where they have a semi-regular character who's not white, which is Charlie. Um, the body shaming throughout Friends, Monica being fat. Um, able-bodied people, you know, when they have Ginger in the leg, they break up because she's only got one leg uh again Chandler with a big head I know it's a joke but do you know I mean it's just superficial about body irregular bodies um and yeah and then number one you've got Ross and Rachel's very toxic relationship and it all stems from Ross I would argue a lot of it's Rachel's not whiter than white but I would say a lot of it stems from Ross you know him not wanting her to work he gaslights Rachel in that episode you know he's like I completely understand you were stressed letting oh yeah he let he says like I let you throw me out of your office it's like even though he's in the wrong he comes in and intrudes on her day when she's really stressed at work and then when he says that he's like oh boy what am I what an ass am I for wanting to spend time with my girlfriend even though it's really inconvenient for him to spend time with her at that time and in that way and he doesn't respect like her boundaries um and how important her career is to her um he demeans her job he wants her to quit her job to be with him and he says to her, it'd be nice if you realise it's just a job, even though this is the start of her career. She's finally gotten out of just being a waitress. She's got into a career that she wants. She's starting off. She's trying to make an impression. She's trying to work hard. And he is just like, oh, why don't you want to be with me? He makes everything about himself. He's obsessive around her. He cheats on her. He's quite sexist and he's quite manipulative. So that's my list. <laughs> I don't know if you have any more. I can't think of anything. Um, I'd say they're the main ones. The only other thing that I, I always find really weird and problematic, to, just to me anyway, in Friends, is I hate the jokes that they make about Monica and Ross hooking up or being together because of brother and sister. Really it's weird, me. you're right. I've never noticed how many there I'm are. I'm like, why do you have to keep bringing that up? <laughs> like, nobody in their right mind would do that. Even if, like, you know, say I had a brother, right, and he was friends with some of my friends, I would why would they ever make that joke it's just weird for the amount of times it comes up yeah i'd agree with you pretty much on what you've said there um i think that of all the characters um that to me just either you know seriously problematic or just annoying um like of all of them if any of them was to be that sorry it would be ross but I think if you look at polls and just like, you know, surveys or whatever, just like, you know, comments online, or it seems to be that in general, Friends fans don't like Ross. Um, and there's always this real like Marmite sort of divide for Phoebe, uh, which I've changed my mind on. I actually quite like Phoebe. But anyway, I didn't like her when I first watched it. 
Um, okay, so I'm just going to go through my notes. They might be a bit like all over the place, but I'll just do it anyway. Now, I'm just going back to the point that you made about the fact that Friends kind of lives in this little bubble of like Central Park, the apartments, Manhattan. That's where they live, right? Probably totally wrong. Um, no, they live in New York. <laughs> oh, is that not the same place? Is it? I thought New York was a city, Manhattan's a state. Am I making that up? I have no idea. I don't. You I need to look right. this up because I don't know American states, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Try. Oh my god, we'd fail the quiz that they do in Friends. I'm so confused. Oh wait, no. New York is the state, and Manhattan's in New York. NYC, yeah, Manhattan, NYC, New York City's island of Manhattan is home to the Empire State Building, Times Square, and Central Park. So yes, they live in Manhattan, but New York is the state. Oh my God, I take that back. Then you were hundred percent correct. I don't know oh, anything about geography, other way around, but you know. Um, oh. Anyway, um, so yeah, it lives in this little bubble, um, and. I was just thinking, like, I was thinking, like, I can't really think of times in Friends where they really addressed anything that's really going on in, like, the real world. Um, obviously, Friends ended in 2004, 2005, and so it was around and it was still going when, you know, something like 9-11 happened. And that was in season eight. And 9-11 happened, so they released the ep- they were they were going to air the episode, I don't know if you remember it, in season eight, where Monica and Chandler, I think they're going on their honeymoon, and they're like competing with this couple to get like the best seats on the air on the airplane and then like for the hotel or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently they'd re- they recorded that episode before 9-11, and the episode was meant to be about it was to- meant to be totally different. So it was going to be... Wait a minute, I've got it here. Uh, I'll put the links to this stuff. So apparently the joke was going to be that... Uh, wait a minute, sorry. Um, yeah, Monica and Chandler weren't ever to make it to their hotel. And when they were waiting to get on their flight, Chandler was supposed to make a sarcastic remark about bombs, <laughs> promoting, prompting airport security to detain them for much of the episode. And then um, when they get into an argument with Joey and Phoebe over the phone, this resulted in further interrogation from the security officers. And obviously this was changed because of 9-11. Now, you wouldn't know this, obviously, unless like you read about it. But at the time, you wouldn't have no idea. You would just thought this is the episode. You wouldn't have thought like this was being remade. It wouldn't have been you know addressed in the show because obviously why would it um and I actually think like I don't see a problem with that like they addressed it the the writers the actors they addressed the problem that 9-11 happened in the real world that's the politics of it and they said right we can't air this episode that we originally were going to because that would be totally inappropriate and insensitive right so they made a new one and I'm like that's enough you addressed the problem but you didn't you don't have to address it in the show you know in the episode and I'm fine with friends not um you know sort of alluding to what's going on in politics and society it's a it's a sitcom why does it have to as long as it isn't problematic in terms of the fact that like it did if it just released that episode the one mm-hmm. that they were originally going to and that offended all these people I would be like okay you could have you know handled that much better and not released the episode but they, but they did handle it mm-hmm. so I'm like in in 
in some instances, I'm like, I don't see the problem with Friends. I don't see the problem with existing in this little bubble. Like, it's a TV show. And also, it means that it's not as... Just for this, I mean. It means that it's not as dated because... If you have a show that's really like all about like the particular politics of a certain time period, then it might date it a lot for people to relate to, to then rewatch it and rewatch it. It'd be hard to do that. Um, and obviously that balance is something that Friends does tend does falter on a bit, like you were saying with some things, like you know, the fact that there is very little diversity in the show, which I do think is a problem. I, I, I accept that, don't think they handled that. Um, and obviously there is a lot of uh, homophobia in the show um, mostly emanating from Ross like you were saying but I also think that I haven't done this so I need to do it Um, but I think the example that you made is a good one that when they talk about uh, Carol who's obviously a lesbian I think there are points where they basically just go, oh, Carol's a lesbian, and then there's a laugh track, and you're like, well, that, there's no joke there. Like, if you take the, the, the laugh track away, you're like, well, what was the joke? There wasn't one. So you need to look where the laugh track is. But I do think that at certain points, if you watch Friends, in my opinion, they are not making fun of the fact that, say, for example, there's a lesbian character in it, or there's a gay couple in it, or whatever. They're making fun, they're making fun of Rossi's reaction to the fact that there is a lesbian in it, or there is a gay couple, or whatever. Or there's there's this idea that there's maybe like uh, homosexual like uh, regions of like behavior in it or that, and it's Rossi's reaction to it. I think because I would argue that a lot of the time in Friends they're playing up to and therefore making fun of the stereotypes that the characters are meant to be, particularly if you rewatch season one, um, because. Rachel is obviously at the beginning, she's this really rich, elite, white, spoiled brat type character, right? And a lot of the jokes are coming from the fact that she is that. So like she, like, for example, I think it's in the first episode or the second one. She's like, oh, I'm going to be really independent. She cuts up her credit cards in the end of the first one. And in the second one, she comes in and she's like, oh, I've had a really great day, been really independent. She comes in with her boots and they're like, and how did you buy them? She's like, credit card or dad? As credit card, and that's the joke. The joke is that she thinks she's been really independent, but she's not. So they're making fun of her as a stereotype of this rich, elite, spoiled person. Same with Ross. Ross is this really academic, straight-laced, rich professor, geek, nerd type person. Nerd and geek were not a cool um, sort of in the general sort of thing to be in like the early nineties. Not like it is now, where maybe we've embraced it a bit more today. Um, so again, I think at times they're making fun of him being this kind of straight-laced, stuffy academic who is because obviously like he's a paleontologist so he's really into like you know science and he's really into like everything just being like sort of I don't know um traditional like um you know like straight couples and whatever and I think some of the time they're just making fun of the fact that he can't accept that he's really uncomfortable yeah I Um, just wanted to oh sorry no I just want to say like that, that I, I agree I think that but the only thing more problematic for me is I think as the series gets on later I think they forget that they're being critical about it and the joke becomes simply because we now love we don't but they would think because you're season nine or whatever you love these characters now you will agree with what these characters say um, I'm only thinking of the nanny situation because I'm pretty sure in that episode there it's not really laughing at Ross's reaction it's laughing with Ross um, yes I agree with you um, and I was just going to also sorry quickly say oh I think I forgot what I was going to say 
Yeah, I think what would make friends a little bit less problematic in is that if in the end, say, for example, you're looking at Ross, Ross had this instance where, I'm not saying that the show's about homophobia, it's not, but if you were looking at that as an example of one of the things that's problematic about it, is that if Ross became a bit more full circle and he has an opportunity to show that he has grown up and he has changed, what makes it a bit less satisfying is that he's got those attitudes right up until season 10. And he gets paid off by getting the girl that he wanted in season one. Yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, I was I just that what I'm saying here is like that this is the, the beginning season one. And I think that as you were alluding to, like the later seasons dip in quality also because I think the writing becomes a bit lazy. Um to the point that they forget that the characters are making fun of the stereotypes and instead they just make the characters these stereotypes and we laugh with them because like you said we've got this kind of connection with them we love them we've watched them for like nine seasons eight seasons whatever um but i think at the outset i think the humor is more at their outdated reactions to things so like um yeah uh, just going from Ross I think you've also got Phoebe who is kind of portrayed as this really hippie sort of cookie kind of quirky person um, but she's obviously suffered a really really traumatizing childhood where she's like basically been an orphan because of her mother's suicide never knew her father doesn't really get on with her twin sister um, and the at the time this like when you think of hippies from like the 60s and that they were all about um they had a much greater appreciation for life they were all about sort of embracing things they were open they um were just they just yeah they were very just free and that's what phoebe is um and i think she's that because of her childhood because she's experienced her mother's suicide uh, when she was very young she's kind of just been like I need to just live life I can't I'm not stuck to this material life life is really fragile um and she's obviously maybe looked to like things like that for some sort of understanding of what she's experienced in terms of being homeless as well and things and if you watch the beginning sort of season the beginning season I think that uh, there's always this real, I'm never quite sure what they've done with Phoebe because it's really hard to tell whether they are laughing at the fact that she's had this trauma, which is not good, or whether they're just laughing at her cookiness, if you know what I mean. But I do think, I, I don't know if I can ever really justify how they, how they laugh at Phoebe when you watch it in hindsight, because I find it really troubling that the friends are never that supportive to her. So whenever she talks about her mum's suicide or she's like, oh, I can't think of an example, but she says really weird things like that. Oh, well, I didn't do this because I was out on the streets or whatever. They just look at her like, oh, my God, you're so weird. They're not like, wow, I can't believe you've gone through this. Like, they're just like, oh, we can't relate because that's really weird that you did that. But it's like, hello, like she's yeah, she to deal with. I think, and I think that's really, that's really awful that they don't support her. I think it's really interesting because in the... Uh, article that she did with the points their point they have a problem with phoebe i don't really put it in because i don't really well i should have put it in but I, I don't really agree with it because i think there's problems with phoebe and i agree more with you because their problem with phoebe is that they don't think phoebe's a, a good friend that's why they that's their problem with phoebe my problem with phoebe is more like you're saying and it's just dawned on me because you said that and 
it's really bad because if you really like to look into it, and you maybe know about more about it, but like, say she obviously has some trauma, right, from her mum dying and being abandoned. She's obviously got some fear of abandonment, right? And they basically, and it's a joke and it's a great line, but when they're talking about like the group and who lifts out, they're like, Phoebe lifts right out. I mean, how bad is that for Phoebe? It's probably like, well, I find it, she would probably, if you, these are real people, find it really hard to feel connected and feel like she's actually part of that friend group because she is the ultimate character from a broken family which they're supposed to portray and they're just like nah we'll just laugh at everything like you say they laugh at sort of everything she says they don't really want to support her they're kind of like oh it's kind of like say you were in a group and you just nominated someone and be like oh you go deal with Phoebe I don't want to you get that sense that that's how they treat Phoebe they kind of put up with her because they're like well we can't get rid of her mum died so they keep her but mm-hmm, they don't want her mm-hmm, and to me mm-hmm. that's more troubling than Phoebe herself not being a good friend to them when really to me, they should be supporting her more. Ah, uh, yeah, I agree totally. I think that um, Phoebe is. She's. This is why I've grown to really, really like Phoebe because she. I think she's a really good friend to them, actually. Um, and I think that it's funny that as the seasons go on, as much as I hate Ross, he does actually. He's probably the most, at times, caring towards Phoebe, like when he gives her the bike and like he listens to her um, and. I'm like, that's quite nice to see that he does do that, but a lot of them do just kind of dismiss her and are like, oh, who cares what you've been through? Like, uh, I just, I'm not meaning to compare, it's not a competition for who's been most traumatised, but I just find it odd that, like, Chandler, who has, you know, it, I'm not denying what he's been through is traumatised. It, it, it's up to each individual how they deal with things, if you know what I mean, but he does get more sympathy from the friends than Phoebe would at times, I think, which is quite I think it's because Awful. it's the way like Chandler deals with it. Like they can deal with the fact that he's funny about it. So they're like, mm-hmm. mm, that's okay. We know how to handle you. But because Phoebe doesn't deal with it in a way that's relatable to them, and she doesn't have these defenses in the way that Chandler does. Because his is defensive humor, obviously. Like they were like, oh, don't really know what to do with her. And it's I agree with your point about Ross. It's like the only redeeming quality of Ross. But I, I yeah. think I always think like Rachel and Monica, and especially Rachel, are really bad friends to Phoebe. I do. I think Phoebe has better friendships, to be fair, with the guys than she does with the girls, so to be I. honest. I, I think they can be quite, girls can be quite mm, mean to Phoebe. And I find that really, find it strange that you're supposed to believe that, like, before Rachel comes in in the first episode, that, like, probably Monica and Phoebe are really, really close. I'm like, mm, I don't buy it, but... Uh, Same. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Joey um, is, uh, to me, he's the, ste- he's the very stereotypical it's very stereotyped sorry of like masculine Italian chauvinistic men and the stereotype of the of an Italian man a male was that they are really good at communicating in terms of being smiling sense of humor they're really playful they, they flirt obviously he's an actor uh they love family Joey has a big family he's got like seven sisters uh they love like good food you know he eats all the time um they're handsome they're good lovers obviously he has loads of one night stands he doesn't have like a permanent relationship till god knows when i think it's like season three or season four um yeah really good flirting i said that um yeah and they're also italian men are also portrayed as being like mummy's boys which they sort of do with joey this is why i say season one is really really good at looking at how they try to do those stereotypes because 
that episode is the one they have an episode there where his mum comes in it and he's really close to his mum and he's really protective of his mum because his dad's having an affair um so yeah i think they're trying to in the beginning with joey uh keep to that like he's really 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 good at communicating really like he's got this appeal um but they're also making fun of him at the same time because that's kind of all he's got um and then as time goes on with joey they even lose that part of him that kind of like really like suave kind of like you know sex appeal that he has i'm not saying he doesn't have it in like season 10 but they just make him really really dumb which is really annoying that they do that which is why i think that the writing goes really lazy and then you've got monica again she's like very OCD she was fat as a child I can't again I can't even defend the way that they treat the fact that she was fat it's awful I just think it's really really bad um and yeah she was clearly more neglected as a child not to the extent like Phoebe was but she was neglected because Ross was the favorite child and if you look at like psychology of like children who uh were the less favorite favorite the least favorite sorry um and there was like a favorite child in the home they do become like really um like they seek love uh they, they become really ambitious they become like really um kind of like driven very independent uh and that's kind of what monica has become so she's kind of like a stereotype of the of the family home that she's mm-hmm. come from but again as time goes on i think that the writing becomes i was also going to say just a point that i didn't think earlier about friends but just when you were saying that about seeking approval and stuff like I know they mention it in the show, like her issue, her relationship with Richard, but that's really problematic. And that only, yeah. that, that must come from her wanting some sort of father figure. But you could I read that. Because, surely, surely because you could read that. Because her parents are never around. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. I totally Weird. agree. Um, like, I can't even imagine, right? Like, being a child, well, being younger and your friends having a, a family friend and then you, years later, like, being in a relationship with them. It's actually it's just weird. weird. It's weird. Um, and then obviously you've got Chandler who is like a single child he's very traumatized by his uh, parents divorce um, and the stereotype sort of psychology of children who come from a divorced family when they're really really young is that they have a favorite parent and that they never fully recover Chandler certainly lives up to the uh, stereotype of never fully recovering because he does not go over it until he is more in a more stable place in his own life, which is when he's married to Monica and he actually begins to have a better relationship with his father and his mother. Um, and I do think that a lot of the time there is like at the beginning, season one, I think they are making fun of that stereotype of Chandler and how he reacts to things because he's so fearful of turning out like his dad. But then I think the slow the show slowly slides into homophobia in the later seasons, as I keep saying, because the writing just doesn't stick to what he was doing in the beginning. But I do think as well in the beginning, you also notice what I'm saying in the fact that friends can be a bit self-deprecating because it's sort of like that idea of breaking the fourth wall when in season one it introduces two love interests which is Alan for Monica and Roger for Phoebe and both of those friends both of those love interests when they break up with the with Monica or Phoebe say that the reason they're doing it is because they don't like the narcissism and the clinginess and the sort of unhealthy nature of the friend group which to me is like the writers sort of calling out and that they are making fun of these stereotypes that they lose that in the later seasons but there is that hint that they are aware of what they're doing that's a really good point i didn't pick up on that yeah just 
they're really good points yeah about the characters and stuff the only other one I was going to just came in my head when you talked about Joey is how they flip over the fact like it's really funny that he was probably like abused when he goes to that tailor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I find that I find so disturbing I find it very uncomfortable and a, a lot of it like I'm not excusing a lot of it but a lot of it I can look at and be like okay I know there's supposed to be a joke blah 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 but that is like weird like yeah, and I also... they literally don't even help him nothing I don't even know why that joke's in it like I they find get annoyed so with strange. him like, yes Chandler gets annoyed with him in later in that episode when he's still sort of asking questions about it because he's trying to process it yeah, um, and he's getting annoyed with him, and he's like, "Oh my god, why do you keep talking about it or whatever?" He just makes a face, and I can't remember what really happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah I agree that I do find that I don't like that joke at all, and that is in like season three, I think. Um, or four. yeah, and the um, only other thing I was going to point out, I've already mentioned it, they don't work, they're unrealistic, and they also don't support each other's careers. Really annoys me. I don't know if you know what I mean. Like, I don't really, I'm never, ever, I'm never in Ross. I know. So I'm never in Rossi's camp because he doesn't support Rachel's career, but the rest of them also don't support his. Now, I'm, like I say, I'm never in Rossi's camp, but he is a professor. He's a PhD student, and then he's like a professor, right? Lecturer. They never come to any of his stuff. If they do, I mean, it's dinosaurs. Get it. They're not interested in it. Why would you be interested? But they don't care. And you know, in the one where no one's ready, I love the episode, but he's clearly wanting them to go and come and support him, and they're all, they're happy to just make him late and not go, even though it's really important for him. Like, he misses that TV show because of Rachel. But, I mean, it's not really her fault she doesn't know he's going on it. But, you know, they don't really, like, care. Yeah, that's always bothered me that, like, nobody's interested in each other's lives. Like, they're only interested in each other on almost a superficial level until they're maybe mm-hmm. in relationships with each other. But, yeah, I, I've always found that a bit like, mm. Like, you say you're really, yeah. really close. You spend all your time together. And you're meant to be this family, but... Uh, yeah, and I mean, I know it's a joke and stuff, but, you know, Monica doesn't ask Phoebe for, like, a massage. It's like, she does that. Oh, it's just annoying. There's certain instances, obviously, where they do. But, yeah, I think that probably, like, sums up all of the things wrong with friends. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I will still continue to watch friends because I just love it. And... um. I do and I know when I watch it I'm not watching it being like forgiving them for all the problems in it I watch it knowing that those issues are in it and I might not necessarily laugh at those things in it but there's a lot of friends that I do find endearing and that I do enjoy and yeah and I understand that there's a lot of people who hate friends and there's been a lot of people who've hated friends before they've maybe known that it's problematic but maybe before you you know in its run people hated friends and I think people hated friends because friends were so optimistic and they were like this is just too happy like this is so unrealistic all these things that happened to them and I think that's why they hated it and it's grown now because people have just seen oh it's also very problematic because why I hate friends yeah I wish we knew someone who was like really, really young, like, you know, like, uh, what are they? Gen Z. Gen, mm-hmm. Gen X. Yeah. And one of those, you know, like the younger people, they don't really like friends because they find it really. I want to ask them, like, what they think of it, like, why they hate it. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting because obviously me and you are like the same age. We have watched it together. We are obviously fans of it. So it'd be really, really cool to hear from someone who actually really doesn't like friends. Um, Absolutely. But has watched it. Uh, so if you've got if you've not got any more thoughts I have a quiz for you of how well we know friends well it's for you for because in like you know um preparation for today 
uh, been rewatching season one of Friends. So because I keep talking about how good it is, uh, I was wondering if you want to do my quiz. Absolutely. 15 questions, but there's 20 points. And I try to make it as hard as I could because I know you're a huge fan of Friends. So some of them might be quite obscure, but then I hate saying that it might be difficult because you're probably like, actually, this is really easy. But I'll keep a tally off your score. Go for it. Feel the pressure. Also fits in very neatly, considering like there's so many people out there who are trying to prove how diehard Friends fans yeah. are. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone's listening, if we have listeners, <laughs> we'll see um, how they do. Uh, okay, right. So you ready? So, in the pilot episode, Rachel is on the phone to her father and is trying to explain to him that she doesn't want to be what everyone is telling her to be. She uses the metaphor of not wanting to be a shoe, but instead be a what? A boat. No, it's a- not a boat! It's a hat. It is a hat. I think she says a boat as well, actually, so there was two, so I'll give you that. You've got one. Sorry, I was thinking of the gravy boat. It's okay. I know, I was going to ask that as a question. Um, okay, second question. Monica goes on a date in the pilot episode. Who with? No, that's difficult. In the pilot episode. Ooh. Roger? Oh. Incorrect. Roger goes out with Phoebe and she goes on a date with Paul the wine guy. Oh, the wine guy. Oh. Okay, in episode three, Phoebe finds a thumb in a can of soda. How much money does the company from the soda the soda company give her as compensation? Ten thousand dollars. No, it's oh. seven thousand. Oh. I said it so confidently. I know you made me really guess, and I was like, <laughs> sure it's seven. Um okay. Chandler begins smoking again, and in episode four, to get the friends off his back, he calls out each of their annoying habits. What are all the habits the friends call out on each other? Oh, come on. Oh, my God. Do I have to say which friends calls it out? No, 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 just what their habit is. So I'll, I'll go Phoebe's. What is Phoebe's. Oh, okay. oh, sorry. I was just going to make it easier and I'd say the friend's name for you. Phoebe's is chewing hair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ross, Ray, Ross. Ross. Uh, how long it takes him to say something mm-hmm. um, um, Phoebe Mo- I've done Phoebe oh, so have- um, Monica's is her snort when she laughs mm-hmm. um, Joey's I'm not sure what Joey's is what's Joey's <sighs> I'm like, is Joey annoying? <laughs> um, we'll leave him. Uh, Rachel. Chandler doesn't say this to Rachel. Another friend says Oh, it's hers that they, she can't get an order right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's bad. Um, and I've only got Joey. Mm-hmm. Don't know what Joey says. He cracks his knuckles. Oh, I would never have guessed that. Uh, okay, which character actually convinces Chandler to stop smoking in season one? It's a guest character. Roger. It's not one of the main. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, Have to come up at some point. <laughs> nope, nope. Sorry, nope, you're wrong. 
Was that not Roger? Oh! 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 I mean, I've got it wrong, but Fun Bobby? Oh, no. It's Alan. Alan! Yeah, I always think that's who I thought Roger was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roger's the psychoanalyst guy who Phoebe goes out with. The psychologist. Okay, that is who I thought Roger was. Never mind. I don't know who Alan is. Alan's the guy they all love. I know. Yeah. Okay, um, number six. In episode four, Chandler and Joey take Ross to an ice hockey game to take his mind off his and Carol's would-be anniversary. What date is it? Halloween. The anniversary? Mm-hmm. You're so close, because Chandler makes a joke about it. All the good costumes being worn. Yeah, being it so close uh, to Halloween. Like, oh, is it not? October, it's October 20th. Oh, I got that. All the good costumes are gone. Yeah. Okay, in episode five, Rachel wants to be more independent and Ross helps her to do her own laundry. To impress her, he buys a new laundry detergent to make him look strong. What is the name of this? Ubervice. Yay! Ubervice. Ubervice. It's like a giant box. I know. I know. Uh, but there you go. There's another problematic thing where they can't use actually nice fabric software because yeah. they think they're gay. Yeah. That's Chandler that tells them that. Uh, okay, um, uh, number eight. In episode six, Joey is spotted by a talent agent, which is Estelle. But what is the name of the play he is acting in where this happens? Is it the Freud one? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freud. Yeah. Is it just Freud? Yeah, it's Freud. Oh. Uh, okay, uh, number 10. In episode 9, Monica makes Thanksgiving dinner for everyone, but when the friends get locked out and dinner is ruined, what do they end up eating? Cheese, like grilled cheese. Yeah. Uh, okay, number 10. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, that was number 10. Oh, no. Uh... Oh, I missed one. Sorry. In season, in season one, Rachel dates Paolo, but how does she meet him? In the blackout. In the yeah. building. Yeah. With a cat. She's yeah. looking for the yeah. cat. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. In episode 12, Paolo makes a pass at Phoebe when he is still dating Rachel. Phoebe tries to tell Rachel and makes her the best cookies she can make. What kind of cookies are these? Because she goes, oh, I never lie, because I make the best. Oatmeal cookies. Oatmeal raisin. Yes. Uh, Number 12. In episode 15, Chandler quits his job, but eventually negotiates better pay and his own office. What is the name of his assistant? He calls her in to show I know. Off I'm trying to remember. Rita? Ooh, that's a good guess. Helen. Oh. Oh, yeah, she's raging when she comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 13. In episodes 16 and 17, Joey dates Phoebe's identical twin sister, Ursula. What is the name of the restaurant where she works as a waitress? They mention it quite a lot in it, actually. I no, would but... Ludo's. Oh, good guess. Riffs. Oh. oh. Okay, second last question. In episode 22, Monica dates Ethan, and after sleeping together, he reveals he's a lot younger than he initially said. What age is he? 17? Yep. Well done. Well, I'm a senior in college. In college. Um, Or school. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I think they call it college oh. when he says it. Um, I thought I was missing a question, but 
Okay, sorry, last question. In episode 23, Rossi's ex-wife Carol gives birth to his son, Ben. What is Carol's surname? Oh, don't know. Um... Before she marries Susan, obviously. I don't even know the one when she marries Susan. <laughs> All right. Um... <laughs> don't know. I couldn't even guess, I don't know. Her name is Wilkes, Carol. Uh, that wasn't great. You got 11 out of 20. <laughs> Pretty deeper. At least it was over halfway. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That was Sorry. a good attempt at making that obscure. I tried though. to make them it kind was, of difficult. It was me. good. Thanks. Very difficult. But, to think of different questions for friends, you know, because it's so yes, many. yes, and there's so many out there, so many quizzes, board games, everything. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it's just interesting to look at where friends is, is and where it will be, and I think friends will remain in the public culture conscience for a long time, mm-hmm. even as problematic as some of the instances in it are. But like you say, I think some of them. I'm not excusing them. I think some of them have been done. Definitely. Because they are trying to at the oh, start, yeah. they are trying to um, like make fun of them in a sense themselves, mm-hmm. not done very well. And some of them are just bad writing. Yeah, some um, of them are just like there's no excuse. They're really. inexcusable. Um, but will it make me stop watching Friends? Probably not. Um, it hasn't so far. And will I keep binging it? Yes. <laughs> just too comforting it is and I think that's the appeal of it and it'll just be interesting to see what the next sort of friends is although I would argue it's the office Mm. um not saying it's the same as friends I mean the way it's entered popular culture the way it's changed sort of sitcoms and comedy um and yeah just how quotable it is how many people know it um but yeah, I think it's been an interesting breakdown of it, an interesting chat. I think so. Thanks, Claire, for your research. No problem. Um, I don't know what we're doing next time. I wanted to be the Beatles, but I've not finished my book yet. So, okay, I'm sure we'll figure it out next week. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks. This podcast was written and recorded by Megan and Claire and hosted on Anchor. Music was taken from Pixabay.